As you walk into a room of a building you've never been in before, you have this eerie feeling that it isn't your first time here. It's rather strange and unsettling, because although you know you haven't experienced this moment before, your brain is telling you otherwise. This is a collective experience known as deja vu. We'll talk a bit more about what this sensation is and what particularly causes it. Hi, this is David, Sadeen, and Gargi. And, and we're, we're State, State of, of the Pod, pod where, where science meets society. society. Déjà vu. This French word means already seen, and it expresses the feeling that one has lived through the present situation before. The concept has been around since 1876, when French philosopher and researcher Emile Boirac coined the term. Around 60-70% to 70 of people experience some form of déjà vu during their lifetime, and you're more likely to experience it if you travel a lot, regularly remember your dreams, or are stressed or tired. Feelings associated with déjà vu disappear rather quickly, which can make it difficult for you to recall specific details about the experience. So what parts of the brain are involved with déjà vu? Using fMRI, scientists discovered that the frontal lobe of the brain is activated when déjà vu was induced, which is the part of the brain that's involved in decision-making as opposed to memory. In addition to this, some researchers believe that there is a link between the temporal lobe and these everyday déjà vu experiences. This region of the brain stores all types of long-term memories, and thus plays a role in recognizing something as familiar. While there is a lack of studies confirming the correlation between the two, there has been convincing evidence to support these conclusions. For instance, people who suffer from temporal lobe epilepsy, a condition in which nerve cell activities is disturbed to cause a seizure, have reported experiencing deja vu right before a seizure. The common factor is the temporal lobe, which forms the connection between déjà vu and memory. Thus, one particular study conducted in 1959 was able to experimentally induce déjà vu and epileptic discharge by stimulating the temporal cortex using electrodes. Early researchers also tried to establish a link between déjà vu and certain mental disorders such as anxiety, dissociative identity disorder, and schizophrenia but failed to find any correlations. However, after delving into the genetics behind déjà vu, much has been discovered. Though there is not a gene currently associated with déjà vu, the LGI1 gene on chromosome 10 is being studied as a possibility. This is because certain forms of the gene are associated with a mild form of epilepsy, along with both déjà vu and jamais vu, which means never seen in French. These often occur during seizures, which allow researchers to suspect the connection. So what specifically causes these events? The split perception explanation for déjà vu is when an individual experiences the current sensory experience twice successively. Following the first input experience, the second perception may be familiar because the person naturally related it to the first. Déjà vu can also be elicited by a stimulus or sensation that is different but similar to the event currently being experienced. Therefore, déjà vu can be evoked by implicit associations of an experience as well. Lastly, dreams can be used to explain the phenomena behind déjà vu. Déjà vu experiences can duplicate situations that appear in dreams, as shown by a memory-based study conducted in 2004. Approximately 20% of the respondents reported that their déjà vu experiences were from dreams, 
and 40% reported that they were from both reality and dreams. In essence, people may experience deja vu as certain elements in their remembered dreams are shown in real life. It is also possible that certain drugs increase the chances of deja vu occurring in an individual, as indicated by a case study in 2001. Professors at the University of Turku reported the case of an otherwise healthy male who began to experience intense and recurrent sensations of deja vu upon taking amantadine and phenylpropanolamine together, which are used to relieve flu symptoms. Given previous findings about electrode stimulation in the brain, the researchers speculated that deja vu occurs as a result of hyperdopaminergic action. These drugs affect the medial temporal areas of the brain, which further supports the connection between deja vu and the temporal lobe. Deja vu can be broken down into two categories, true deja vu and false deja vu. We invited Cornell professor and psychologist, Dr. Charles Brainerd, to speak to us on a few examples. Okay, so the first question we had for you was, what are some phenomena regarding false memory you study in your research at Cornell? Oh, well, I study a very broad range of uh, phenomena and false memory. Out there in the scientific literature, there's really two basic forms of false memory. Uh, one is false memories that occur spontaneously. Uh, th these are things that are just part of the normal distortion processes uh, in the brain, in its retention and its retrieval uh, of our experience. Um, the other kind of false memory are, are things that are deliberately implanted through suggestion techniques of one form or another. So those are the kinds of things I study. Um, and so, I, so I'm, I'm creating false memories in the laboratory under rigorous experimental conditions, manipulating variables using the, you know, one at a time, controlling everything else to discover what are actually the factors that produce spontaneous false memory. Um, so given how like serious the consequences are for false memories, whether it's like in court or in an emergency service, how have you been like specifically creating those false memories and what do you study when you do create them? In the case of false memories, uh, David, basically the way you create them in the laboratory is you create an experience for people where they store a familiar gist of some sort. And then what you do is as part of that experience that they have, it, it might be a story, for example, a, a, a story of, let's say, a familiar crime like a robbery. What you do is as part of that story, you leave out certain elements of the story that are typical. And what you find is people will then have false memories for those kinds of things. So a baseball game, for example, a typical thing in a baseball game is a double play. So you have people view a video of a, of a baseball game that it has a lot of typical stuff in it, but it doesn't have a double play. People will have false memories of that sort of thing. So that's how you create the false memories. Then once you have that preparation where you know you can create false memories, now you introduce the manipulations. Uh, that you think will increase or decrease false memories. That's how you do it in the lab. Um, so transitioning into our project about deja vu, how are memory recall and these experiences with false memory associated with deja vu? 
What factors particularly contribute to it? Deja vu is, is a subjective phenomenological thing. Yeah. Um, and what it is, is it is the feeling um, that you have experienced some event, some circumstance, some room, even some person before, but you have no specific memory of it. We want to divide, we, we want to divide deja vu into two categories, true deja vu and false deja vu. If you go to Chicago to next week to attend a scientific conference, you go out to dinner with colleagues at the conference. Six months after that, if somebody asks you about that trip, you'll be able to remember you went to the conference. You'll be able to remember you went out to dinner with some colleagues. Yeah. But about that dinner, that's about all you'll be able to remember because you, you got the gist but you don't have the details. Let's take the example. It's six years later and you go back to that restaurant in Chicago. You don't realize you've ever been there before. You've been to Chicago a thousand times. You've gone out to eat in Chicago 500 times. You've gone to lots of restaurants in Chicago. You have no idea that you went to this particular restaurant before, but once you get into that restaurant, it cues that gist memory that you have, that residue from when you went out to dinner at that restaurant with your colleagues, that gives you this feeling of deja vu. That is, that is true memory, okay? This, this was first discovered, that, that this is commonplace. This was first discovered in the laboratory by a professor at Columbia in 1913, a professor by the name of Strong. Strong also discovered something else. Um, which brings me to the matter of false deja vu uh, and the power of false deja vu. Uh, he discovered that whenever people made a mistake and they said they read a word that they hadn't actually read, when they reported how they did that or how they remembered it, it was always this oh, I just know it was there. They had no specific recollection of it. It was the laboratory version of deja vu. That tells you right away, oh, deja vu experiences can be false as well as true. And notice, notice that if whenever you're recalling your experience or, or, or remembering or retrieving on the basis just of the bottom line, just of your experience, notice that you could have obviously false deja vu experiences. An example, um, suppose you're a college student, to take a non-random example, and you live in a dormitory on the north end of campus. Now, dormitory rooms are sort of laid out in a similar way, yeah. right? Yeah. So, when you're in one dormitory room, it's sort of like other dormitory rooms, right? Even, even on another campus a thousand miles away. Yeah. So you might go into a campus at, um, I mean, you might go into a, a, a dormitory room at say Dartmouth or at Brown and have a deja vu experience. 
but you've never been in the town before. So it's got to be a false one. So notice that the basis, though, the there's nothing mysterious here scientifically. Notice that the basis for both a true deja vu and a false deja vu are the same. You're retrieving just memories of experience that lack any verbatim detail. I'll just give you a more interesting uh, like medical example, historical example from psychology. And this was uh, the recovered memory epidemic, uh, which happened in the United States in the, in the late 1980s and 1990s. Uh, this was a time at which uh, psychotherapists, there was a belief among certain psychotherapists that when people came in with, for treatment, presented for treatment, um, with a lot of life problems that were basically in the area of phobias and anxieties and things like that, that they were due, they were caused by an unremembered history of having been abused as children. So in other words, that was a theory. Now, the problem with that theory was th these were clinicians, they weren't scientists. The problem with that theory that you could be abused as a five or six-year-old child, maybe repeatedly, and then never remember it, is that it violates a lot of very basic laws that, that we know to be true of memory. So it was never credible to begin with, but nevertheless, it was widely believed and therapy was organized around it. Now, what, what would happen in that, what happened in that therapy is that when, when I, I don't mean to suggest to you that the majority of the people were in therapy then, then had these recovered memories of having abused as children, only some did. But in each one of those cases, the, the memory started out, the memory started out as kind of a vague feeling that, yeah, Something like that, yeah, that feels like that may have happened to me. Now, notice that feels like a deja vu. Now, uh, and of course, the, the reason for that was that, that typically what, it, what, what had happened to people who, who were in that situation is they had been exposed to a lot of information about abuse as part of their therapeutic treatment or maybe before they came to therapy therapy, discussing it with their provider, reading about it, thinking about it, talking to people about it. So the gist was going. Uh, these kinds of experiences um, and people who have a deja vu experience, that's not this, other kinds of deja vu, people will tell you that over time, they become certain that, oh, yes, that actually happened. Oh, yes, I was actually here. Um, and the reason is uh, a, a, a gist that you're working with is somehow able to attract realistic details to itself. Uh, it's kind of like glue. Um, if you work on it and, and reconstruct with it, it, it attracts sights and sounds and feelings to itself that then make it like a real verbatim memory, okay? So that's, that's false digital.
yeah so that's all we had in terms of our questions but okay thank you so much this is definitely so helpful well david i'm happy to help you out good luck with it thank you so much thank you For some people, déjà vu can have spiritual significance too. Some people attribute déjà vu to reincarnation and believe that this feeling is a sign that you're remembering a past life, while others believe it's a psychic gift, an ancestral memory, or a sign of a spiritual awakening. Psychologists have also come up with theories that déjà vu is linked to stress and internal conflicts. One specific theory by physicist Michio Kaku puts déjà vu into a unique lens in describing how it could be used to prove how alternate dimensions exist. Kaku, who believes in multiverses, thinks we may be tuning in and out of parallel dimensions. He makes an analogy by comparing these phenomena to radio stations, in which he states, if you're inside your living room listening to BBC radio, that radio is tuned to one frequency. But in your living room, there are all frequencies, Radio Cuba, Radio Moscow, the top 40 rock stations. All these radio frequencies are vibrating inside your living room, but your radio is only tuned to one frequency. He then says that although we can sometimes vibrate in unison with other universes, other times we can't. Kaku uses this to explain how deja vu tends to come and go. Unfortunately, there is no single agreed model that explains exactly why deja vu occurs. Although it's one of the few memory phenomena that it's spoken about in the general public and mentioned in the media, much more research has to be done. Deja vu has gained a reputation of mysticism, which has led some scientists to turn away from researching this phenomenon. However, research focused on deja vu could be beneficial by also leading to a greater understanding of memory processes in general. So the next time you come across this feeling, Remember that deja vu isn't a glitch in reality, but rather a way of retrieving your memories. In fact, these may just be cognitive anomalies, or memory quirks that we don't need to pay much attention to. However, for the millions of people that experience these quirks, there is an explanation still out there. <laughs>